to Go Blue Crew. Welcome to episode 89 of the Go Blue Crew. Uh, we're going to talk about Michigan football's win total chances as some odds are coming out. But before we get there, Derek, I understand you have a message. Yeah, I got a message to uh, all of our listeners, no matter where you are. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, directly on Twitter from Anchor.fm. If you visit Anchor.fm slash Wolverine Sounds, you have the opportunity to leave us a voice message. We want to thank Jackson for sending in our very first voice message, uh, avid listener of the show. Uh, and you also, if you feel led, and I'm sure you do. You can support the podcast, support Tyler and I. You know, we're no longer up and comers. There was a time where we were volunteering, a time we were told we were going to get paid and we didn't. And we've been through a lot, but we're still here. This is episode 89. Send us a message, support the podcast, keep on listening. Yeah, if the Holy Spirit leads you, right? Yep. And, Absolutely. Uh, man, you brought up some memories there back in the day. I mean, we're basically professionals now but there definitely was a time when we were we were grinding we're definitely grinding for no pay i mean we're still grinding for no pay but at least at least now you know if the should the uh spirit lead you you could help subsidize our hobby that'd be awesome right be excellent i'd enjoy that (laughs) so michigan football um these these odds are coming out now and you've got some odds in front of you could you just let us know where where the team stands right now yeah so westgate las vegas uh it looks like they're um got michigan odds maybe 11 win season it's listed at 10 and a half um best in the the big 10 which would likely mean uh big 10 championship and and then obviously making it to the four team playoff and so uh I mean, that's that alone is I don't know if it's scary, but I mean, when you think about what you lost last year, moving to this year, it's to be confident or at least have the odds makers think that they're a playoff team. I mean, not surprising. Michigan should always be in the conversation, but I'll share some thoughts on that later. And then um, Superbook USA uh, came out, uh, Michigan having the third best odds uh, behind Bama and Clemson, Georgia, uh, then Michigan third and then Ohio State, not too far behind. Um, those odds are nine four three one for for Ohio State. So again, top four team uh, making the college football playoff, and and then obviously both of those imply a 10-11 game uh, winning season. And so it's it's achievable. I'm sure we'll we'll share our thoughts here in more detail. But you know, it's it's just interesting to see uh, Michigan that high. I think a lot of that naturally is banking on uh, Shea Patterson, and, and I think the rest of it probably banks on. Uh, Josh Gaddis because I mean you, you can see all the, the people that, that left Michigan last year or went pro uh, and there's definitely some uh, big holes to fill another one is Bill Connolly of formerly of SB Nation now he's with ESPN um, so he has his massive Google Doc with um, every team on it and he's been doing previews and I don't know where the preview articles stand now that he's not with SB Nation anymore but the data is at least there And so he has Michigan at nine projected wins, um, projected rank of nine, uh, offensive rank 14, defensive rank 13. Win probability, if you look at those, at Wisconsin, a 48% chance to win that game. And then um, Ohio State, 49% chance to win that game. Everything else is above 50%. 
including Notre Dame at 61%. So, I mean, these, these models and the odds makers setting Michigan up with a pretty high bar, you said it, I think, pretty well earlier, it's a little scary because not only is Michigan dealing with um, some losses from last season, like personnel, but there's just the simple fact of like expectation, expectations making you a little queasy, right? Yeah, and I feel like especially when I guess fans and, and then the guys in the national media who, who think Michigan have vastly underachieved since Jim Harbaugh's been there in a lot of ways, yes, they have. Uh, not beating Ohio State obviously doesn't help. Um, not being able to beat Notre Dame last year. I mean, so you have a favorable schedule in the term of that it's got a lot of big games at home, uh, but it's also a, a tough schedule. And I think that teams are, are getting better in the Big Ten kind of in general. I mean, you saw what Purdue did to Ohio State uh, last year and a uh, special night that was. And uh, But, you know, you never know what's going to happen. And so if you're already expecting and, and putting the odds on Michigan winning 10 or 11, that naturally means you can't really slip up um, to a team that you're supposed to beat. And it puts a lot of pressure on you to beat uh, the teams in some of these tougher matchups. Like I, I expect Wisconsin to be a tough game. doesn't matter where both teams are at. It's early on in the season, week four, I believe, because uh, they have early bye. And that's gonna that's a tough place to play on the road. You've got uh, at Penn State again. They shouldn't be as good as they've been the last few years, but again, tough place to play. Notre Dame at home, Michigan State at home, uh, Indiana team that you can't seem to pull away from until the last minute um, on the road, and and then obviously Ohio State. And so a lot of expectations. I mean, it seems like there always is, at least from the fan base. And I know that players and coaches obviously um, have their sights on the college football playoff but we haven't seen it yet um, with the losses that you also mentioned I mean it's tough to to believe it's for sure going to happen this year I mean at the end of the day I guess you really never know yeah and one thing I should clarify here with Bill Connolly's nine projected wins um, because each game has a win probability assigned to it what happens then is you know middle Tennessee for example there's a 97 percent win probability most likely you win that game, but there's that 3% chance that you don't. And that's where the projected wins come in. So it's like I said earlier, there's two games where Michigan has less than a 50% chance, uh, a win probability. That's why the nine wins doesn't match up with, with that. It could be a little confusing. He does a great job explaining it. If you're curious, it's something I look at every week during the season because it gets updated and Mm -hmm. some, there's always some really interesting nuggets in there especially as you're like looking ahead to the next team you want to know where Michigan might be able to exploit some weaknesses or where they might not be able to go so something definitely worth uh, checking out what what scares me about this schedule the offseason schedule there's Notre Dame obviously which is October 25th it's going to feel a little weird to play against Notre Dame that late in the season but I think a lot of people are looking at this army game as a potential trap and, you know, as the season gets closer, I'm sure we'll look a little more closely at um, Middle Tennessee, Army, and, and, and so on as we just run down the list. But is, is Army a team that potentially you think uh, could give Michigan a little bit of a scare? 
Yeah, you know, I've, you've seen a lot about that and just the, the style of offense the Army runs and the unpredictability. And is, is Michigan ready that early in the season? Army's got a lot to prove, a team that's been, you know, kind of on the up, I guess, at least in terms of the Army-Navy rivalry and uh, gaining some credibility and, and some momentum as a program. For me, I think that I'm more worried about this game not last year in sense of with the the personnel that Michigan had, but in sense of I feel like Harbaugh kind of, you know, they kind of didn't show things in those early games and they did just enough to win. I can think of a, a game against Colorado, what, 2016 maybe it was, um, where Colorado was leading Michigan, maybe even going into the half, and it looked like a game that Michigan was going to lose on, on its home turf. And I think with this year with Josh Gaddis, I don't think they hold anything back. I think that he wants to come out. I think Shea Patterson wants to come out uh, being one of the, you know, a finalist for uh, a couple of awards. Uh, I think that they're going to come out and, and really attack in the first game. And I think that they're going to do much of the same. Not that you wouldn't do everything you could to be an opponent anyway, but I'm not as nervous, I guess, now as I once was. Early in the season, I think they're going to handle business. That's something they've consistently been able to do under Jim Harbaugh. It's just those those tough home games and those road matchups where I really – I feel like Michigan can falter, and that comes two weeks after that Army game, a bye in between where you've got to travel on the road to Wisconsin. So even if you do beat Army handily and say you slip up in the first half and you come back and you win by 14, 20 points, you've got to go on the road at Wisconsin, and you do have a little bit of a break after that. But it's a, it's a tough schedule, and even though Notre Dame's later on in the schedule, they've got two tough tests in the first two out of the three games, I'd say. I know that nobody, no player or coach would admit this, but it seems feasible that with Middle Tennessee being your first game, you might be able to um, get a little bit of a head start with your defense and preparing for Army's unpredictable offense, right? I mean, even nobody would admit that, of course, but I think that's maybe where having that game early in the season might actually be a little bit of an advantage. It would be much more difficult to do that if you're talking about a uh, – like an October or November game with the team you're wanting to prepare for when it's the second game of the season, maybe you can get a little bit of a head start there. So there are the, the three big ones, you know, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Notre Dame, Michigan state and Ohio state are at home, but that leaves Wisconsin and Penn state on the road. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about how big it is that Michigan has those three games at home, but those are two big road games. Which one do you think, uh, is the most difficult for Michigan? I'm just going to go with Wisconsin just because I, I feel like, I just feel like, I don't know why it is, but it seems like with what Penn State's losing and all the transfers they've dealt with, I know that their recruiting is always a little bit better than Wisconsin's, but I, I just feel like that Wisconsin game, because it's so early, and it's the it's the 11 a.m. start uh, central time, which, I mean, not a huge deal. Uh, I think because of how early it is in the season, I do think those first two games, first one should be a tune-up, second one should be enough of a challenge to where they you mean, know what they need to work on during the bye weekend. Uh, but that Wisconsin game, I think, is going to be the toughest because of where it falls on the schedule. Penn State, I mean, you've played four games uh, well, three games after Wisconsin before Penn State, no breaks. Um, so now you might be dealing with injuries and just fatigue. But I think that at Penn State game uh, is going to be 
one that's challenging too. But I just think because early in the season, we're not sure what the offense is going to look like. Don't know an answer at running back. I'll go with Wisconsin just at at this stage. I think you're right with Wisconsin. It sort of replaces like the role that we would expect Notre Dame Mm -hmm. to play on Michigan's schedule, that early test, right, for both teams. And so, yeah, I think that's, that's the more difficult one, even with the advantage of having a bye week and not a, uh, I, I, I don't know how to phrase this, but not like a, a really good team coming up before that might suck a little bit out of you. Uh, it's, it's Wisconsin week three, four real weeks into the season. You know, it, 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 I think it ends up working out probably. And I, I, and I say that in just to mean like I don't think it's going to be an embarrassment. You know, who knows mm-hmm. if they'll win or not. But I, 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 I don't expect um, either of those road games to be like, a significant trip up, even if they lose both of them. You know, I, I, I just, I think Michigan um, will, will be a little bit more mature on the road, a little bit more been there, done that from the the leaders on both sides of the ball. So, you know, you could, you could throw in another big road game this season. I wouldn't worry too much about it at the end of the day. Like we're, we're worried about the same, same few teams um, because of the optics basically of, losing to Notre Dame, but Michigan State and Ohio State, and especially Ohio State, of course. Yeah, one of the things, too, I mean, you look at last year's schedule, and they, I mean, they really beat up on Wisconsin and and Penn State. And if you look at the Michigan-Penn State series the last few years, I mean, it's been Michigan dominating, Penn State dominating, uh, Michigan dominating again. And so obviously you hope that's not the case, but you got to know that Franklin and company are, are looking for looking for revenge and, and going to bring out their best. I mean, that's probably, I haven't seen the rest of the schedule for Penn state, but that's obviously, especially in October, um, that's gotta be one of the biggest games that they're hosting all year, especially considering where Michigan could be at undefeated going into that. I do again, think that Wisconsin's the bigger trip up because of it's early. But if you look at that Penn state game, what follows is what Michigan wants revenge against Notre Dame. And so I think that's the toughest stretch. You've got to play at Penn state and then come back and play Notre Dame the next weekend. Um, no bye week in between. And I mean, that is going to be a, a difficult task. And then you do get Maryland on the road, Michigan state, and then at Indiana, which again has given Michigan trouble, but at least with Ohio state, you know, that it's the last game of the season and oftentimes it seems like Indiana has been before Ohio state a couple of times in the last few seasons. Uh, but oftentimes it's not too challenging the weekend before Ohio state, or at least hasn't seemed like it's been recently. So, I mean, that October 19th and that October 26th, Penn state, Notre Dame back to back, I mean, that can be make a break for Michigan season. 100%. Yeah. Last year it was Indiana the week before Ohio state and Ohio state just barely beat Maryland, yep. mm-hmm. you know, the, the wide open, two-point conversion that that didn't turn out to be for Maryland kind of in a roundabout way bit Michigan but that gosh that Indiana game you're so right is just always um it feels like a trap it doesn't even really matter like how well Indiana's been playing for some reason you just get the sense that they're going to give Michigan more of a challenge than conventional wisdom would say should happen and who knows if it's got something to do with where they are on the schedule or if it's just Indiana has something on Michigan that they're, they're able to pull out every year. But that game just always makes me nervous. 
Yeah, and the interesting thing, too, about the timing of, like, Michigan State, for example, we're going to get a true look at what Michigan State is on November 16th. I mean, that's uh, the third to final week of the the college football regular season. And now that doesn't mean anything with rivalry games. I think that, obviously, Michigan State could have three wins going into that game, and Michigan could still have trouble. But when I look at the five main games and the five main games, again, that that I'm considering, I think you are too, are, are Wisconsin and Penn State on the road and then Notre Dame, Michigan State, and Ohio State at home. I would say that I'm fifth on that list in terms of challenging and least worried about Michigan State. And that's no no disrespect or not trying to be funny as a, as a rival fan. I just think that because that's at home uh, and, and because I, I think of where they're going to be as a team compared to maybe a Notre Dame or an Ohio State, um, I think that that's maybe the fifth least challenging game, or at least I would predict it to be. Um, if Michigan's still undefeated at that point, I mean, you've gone through three tests. I see them handling business against Michigan State, and so that that could play into part of it as well. Is Ohio State then the most challenging yeah, team? Yeah, for sure. Ohio State. And then yeah. I'm actually going to go uh, with Notre Dame just because of what Notre Dame could be uh, and, and the game last year and how important winning that game could have been now you still probably get dismantled by Ohio State. Uh, you never know. Hindsight's twenty twenty. But for, for me, I think that if you can get past Notre Dame at home, it's, it does a lot for uh, the Jim Harbaugh narrative of beating rivals. Uh, again, I think Michigan State should be even more achievable. And then if you go into that last game of the season undefeated, it still hurts if you lose to Ohio State, especially with uh, Ryan Day. I, I had a moment today where I was like, oh, my gosh, like Urban Meyer's not even the Ohio State head coach. Like, it's, like I hadn't thought about that in, in a while after all that saga and an annoying um, media coverage of, of that whole thing. But, I mean, yeah, you could go into that undefeated and still lose, and you're still going to have the, the haters. But, I mean, going into it undefeated is a lot better than, than going into it with any losses or blemishes on your schedule. It's funny that you say, and I agree with you, that the Michigan State is um, – the least challenging of those five, but you'd probably rank them two or three in terms of like games you want to win. Right? Oh, for sure. I, I would probably so put it two or three. I'd probably still put it at two. Um, you know, I don't know. It's going to really depend when October rolls around um, and, and kind of how things go up until that point, because if, if Notre Dame, for example, is a top five team, then I would say Notre Dame is, but I think in terms of just recent history, uh, Michigan State still has Michigan's number over the last decade. Um, Notre Dame, Michigan's a little bit more even, plus they had the many years where they didn't play. Um, I'd still go Michigan State as probably second highest. Um, but yeah, in terms of the, the challenge, I, I still stand with, with fifth. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you've got to want to beat the Spartans a few times in a row. I mean, it, it hasn't happened in how long? So, And those games are late enough in the season that – you know, we could get there and and Notre Dame, instead of being undefeated and as a top five matchup, they're just uh, above 500. Yeah. Or, you know, Michigan's just above 500. And all of a sudden, these narratives mean nothing because the, the context of the game is totally flipped. Uh, we talked a little bit about Army, Indiana. Do you see any other, like, potential trap in there? Uh, just at Maryland, uh, I mean, new coaching staff, I, I think that, just it could be a lot of excitement in that program again haven't seen maryland's home schedule and it is a noon game not like it's at night or at least announced as a noon game from what i see um i I would say that just because you know it's 
I always feel, and it might just be being as a Michigan fan and maybe you feel the same way. I always feel like teams for the most part at home or give Michigan their best. Like, and maybe it's just that Michigan's underperformed or just not been as good as we'd hope them to be. But there's always like one game or two. I mean, you can think of losing at Iowa um, a few seasons back, um, a game that Michigan should have won, and that really kind of ruined their season. Um, I feel like there's always another game that's going to be a trip up. And so naturally I, I say Indiana because of that recent history, but I also look at Maryland and, and maybe think some of the same things. Whereas looking at Rutgers, Iowa at home and on the road at Illinois, I, I don't really have a sense that those would be uh, trouble. All right. Really quick before we end it here. Um, generally, do you think the odds makers and, these statistical models are getting Michigan, right? I think in terms of potential, uh, absolutely. In terms of what will happen, I mean, we've really got to see what what Michigan can do in terms of answering the big questions at running back and on the defensive side. And then and then obviously the big one is what, what offense is implemented, how does it work, and then what kind of Shea Patterson are we going to get? Are we going to get a Shea Patterson that tore it up at Old Miss for a couple of games, or are we going to get a, a Shea Patterson that kind of has his hands tied behind his back and, and can't do too much? So I think it all just depends on that. But I'd say they're pretty accurate. I mean, they've got Bama and Clemson up there, which is, I mean, a gimme. But, I mean, anytime you see Bama and Clemson at the top, you, that's pretty realistic. So you've got to hope that Michigan follows suit. Um, I hate to say it, but I think they're overestimating what Michigan's going to do. I think uh, there's a couple losses going up against Ohio State, and then Lord knows it's probably a loss against Ohio State. I hate to say it. I hate to be the Debbie Downer. It used to be your role. I'm assuming it for right now. You've taken over. I'll take a year off. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I'll just be the the depressive one <laughs> this, this offseason, this coming season. So I'll re well I'll reiterate again what Derek said earlier about um, sending us messages on anchor.fm slash Wolverine Sounds. Those are really cool to listen to. I like getting our first one. That was kind of cool that, that somebody like took the it was like 13 seconds maybe, but somebody took the time to do it. That was awesome. And then of course you can always contribute and help us out that way. So thanks for listening to us on the Go Blue Crew. You can follow me on Twitter at Ty underscore Fenwick. You can follow Derek at Divine Identity. Go Blue. Go Blue.